Hi there, welcome to another King's Daily and really good to be with you. And we're focusing on Psalm 51 today. And um, we know what this psalm is about because it gives us the context for it at the, at the beginning of it. So if you open your Bible or whatever, and um, at the beginning of it, it says, For the choir director, a psalm of David, when Nathan the prophet came to him after he had gone in to Bathsheba. And the context of that story back in 2 Samuel, um, of where David committed adultery and he lies and he deceives and has the husband of Bathsheba killed as well. And Nathan the prophet is coming to the king to confront him. And he, 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 the way that Nathan does that is absolute genius. In 2 Samuel chapter 12, read that story. It's worth thinking about in the way that we might deal with things as we see things in others' lives. And the Bible says you correct in a spirit of gentleness. And the way that, that Nathan does that to David the king is, is, is much to learn from that. And, um, and David gets convicted of his sin, it's exposed, it's, it was in the dark, it was hidden, it's come into the light now. And then this prayer, this Psalm 51, David writes off the back of it. And uh, like I said before, that um, Psalms, I think, help us put language around our prayers, our struggles and different things we're going through, celebration and praise, but also repentance here in Psalm 51. So how do we go about it if we, when we fail, when we sin? Um, and just to say also, just there's a security, if, if you're a Christian, that, um, that when we do mess up, um, that we're still in Christ, we're still adopted children, we're still um, we're saved by grace, not by our performance, and therefore our relationship with God isn't dependent upon how well we do or how badly we do, or whether we succeed or whether we fail. Now, Paul makes that clear in Romans 6, that that's not an excuse for sin. It's not like, well, we're saved by grace and God's grace is so amazing and so wonderful. I'll just do what I want and it doesn't matter. No, no, we haven't understood the gospel, if that's how we, how we feel. Paul says, by no means do we do that. But also, we do mess up. We do sin and we need to learn how do we pray through these things um, from a place of um, grace and, and secure in that place. And David here, I think, helps us. And the first thing is this, we start with God who God is. We don't focus in on ourselves, on what we've done, our failures and so on. We focus on him. Verse 1, be gracious to me, God. He, know he, need, he knows he needs grace. He knows he needs, he needs something to, to be given what he doesn't deserve. That's the point of grace. And so he says, be gracious to me, O God, according to your loving kindness, your mercy, according to what you're like, according to your great compassion. So it's not according to what I'm like, do I deserve this? but according to what you're like and, and, and you're full of compassion, you're full of mercy, you're full of kindness, you're full of grace and we see that most clearly in the person of Jesus and the way that he handles people when they fail and when they mess up, whether it's Peter who denied him or whether it's the woman at the well who came full of shame because of her past and the way she lived her life and the way Jesus handles him, them. Um, the story of the prodigal son is this, this son who goes away and, and rejects his father's love and and takes his money and, and ends up in a pigsty and making an absolute mess of it like David had done. And yet when he turns back to the father, the father isn't running the opposite direction, sort of saying, oh, you stink, get away from me. Rather, the opposite is happening. The father sees this son and runs towards him and embraces him in his muck and his filth and wonderfully restores him, sets him back on track again. That's what God is like. According to your loving kindness, according to your great compassion, this is the message of the gospel that God, more, when we turn to God and say, oh, I've messed up, God's there, he, he's, he, he's right there. 
Uh, he, he moves towards our sin and suffering in order to heal and to, to put right and to forgive and lavish grace. That's what God is like, to start with God. Second thing is be honest about our sin and failure as well. David kept it hidden um, and, then, and that would have weighed on him. It would have ate away at his conscience. And yet, it get, it, as Nathan comes and it gets exposed, it comes into the light. Jesus said people don't want to come to the light for fear of being exposed. Um, they, 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 you know, and yet, actually, when we do come to the light, when the light does shine in our lives, uh, it's for our healing, it's for our help, it's for our benefits, because God wants us to um, be the people he's made us to be, restore the image of God in us and, and deal with these things and bring them to light to deal with them, to forgive, and that we move on. We don't carry guilt and shame and these other things in our life. And so we bring them into the light. Nothing's hidden from God anyway. But as in our confession, we do that. David says, against you, God, only have I sinned. We recognize what our sin does. It puts that separation between us and God. It, it puts a barrier up, and, and God doesn't want that there in our lives. And it's wonderfully removed in the person of Jesus. That's exactly why he came to remove that barrier, to restore us to God, to enable us we can just live in the light and be honest about weaknesses and failures and our struggles. We don't have to wear masks anymore. And um, so yeah, be honest about our failure and sin. Start with God, be honest about it, allow it to be exposed, it's for our good. And thirdly, just ask God to do for you what you can't do for yourself. This Psalm puts language around that, verse two and verse seven, verse nine, this language of wash me, purify me, blot out my sin, a bit like an ink spill on, I know we don't do writing with ink very much nowadays at all, but an ink spill on a blotting paper, it's, you can't get it out, but actually God can get the worst stain out of our soul because of what Jesus did on the cross. He can wash us clean, he forgives us our sin, and he sets us right with himself because of what Jesus has done. And the link there is, in, it says, um, purify me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Well, what's hyssop? Well, it was this branch that was used in the temple worship, sacrifice, dipping in the blood, I think sprinkling it on the altar. And these pictures that point towards the sacrificial death of Christ on the cross for the forgiveness of sin. The wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Wonderfully forgiven. Pure, wash me, purify me, blot it out. And then we ask God, verse 10 to 13, creating me a clean heart. Renew a steadfast spirit in me. Restore the joy of your salvation. Notice that it's the joy of your salvation. What God does for us brings joy into our lives. And, and David would have sort of got up after this, as it were, and feeling, sensing that restored joy in his life at the forgiveness and the wonderful, amazing grace and compassionate God towards him, not based on his performance, but ultimately pointing forward to what Jesus would do in his place and our place. It's a kind of a prayer of get me back on track, help me live your ways, give me the grace I need today that enables me to say no to things and not return to that place again where I failed there, but to move on in you. So start with God, be honest about your failure and sin, and then cry out to God to do for you what you can't do for yourself. And I